Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. We are so happy you could join us. Next, you will be hearing a message from Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. To learn more about the Lighthouse, visit their website at grenadachurch.com. Now, on to the message. Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 11. And if you're joining us by the radio, if you look right there below where you clicked on play, you can. it says how you can help. You can donate there to help us keep this radio on the air. we got bills coming up at the beginning of the year that are... They went up on licensing fees, so we need everybody's help That's from now until the beginning of the year. We appreciate all you can do. Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into the city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion upon her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all. And they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God has visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth through all out Judea and throughout all the region about. Father, we love you, and we come to you one more time, Lord, asking for your blessings over this service. Lord, I, I pray again for those uh, church family that are sick today, and we're thankful we can even have the doors open here, Lord. Uh, just, I pray your protection over the church family here and those that are sick. A very speedy recovery, Lord, to get them back quickly into the house of God and back to their jobs and a normal life. And Lord, as we break the bread of life today, let us be reminded of the promises in you and to have hope and not fear and to know, Lord, that you have overcame. We ask it in Jesus' name and we say amen. I want to preach to you a sermon about confronting darkness. As a believer in Christ... I think we should confront the powers of darkness even more in the day that we live in. Uh, one quick glance around our nation, and you'll see what compromise has got us, not only in the church, but in our nation, in our towns, in our cities, um, our states. It, it, we, we've compromised in so many areas, and look what it's got us. Uh, you could look at anything as an example. Look at our borders and what compromise has got us. Uh, the churches, look what compromise has got them now. You can't even tell of a lot of churches they're even a church anymore. Uh, leaving satanic powers just to fester and grow, I can promise you if you do that, all that's going to happen is one day they're just, it's going to bring even more pain than if we would have stood up against those satanic powers. The good news is, though, we have weapons that we can use to wage war against these uh, satanic forces, and those weapons are found in Christ. It's not a 12-gauge shotgun. Our weapons are found in Jesus Christ. You know, if you feel like you're losing in life, and it's probably because you're fighting on your own. If you feel like every corner you turn in, that you're just losing every battle that comes along, more than likely you're trying to fight these things under your own power. You have to understand that Jesus has won every battle he's ever been in. He's never been defeated. He'll never be defeated. 
And if you will fight these battles in life with Jesus at your side or really to the front of you, you're never going to lose. I'm not telling you're going to have, not going to have bad days or you're not going to go through trials and tests. But all those trials and tests and valleys that we go through and even going up to these mountaintops, they were designed to teach us things. And we, we as humans, we, we want to take things under our own control and use our own power. But it will, it will take the scripture and search it and use that for teachings in our life. We find that Jesus is there to help us. Now, in this opening passage I read from Luke, it tells the story of a battle between light against darkness at city gates. Now, the city is named... And Nain is located uh, southwest of the Sea of Galilee. In fact, it's pretty close to Nazareth. It's a small little town, just a little village. It was nestled in the side of a hill. In fact, it's still there. It's just a little bit different version of it. But it's just a small little town close to Nazareth. And in these cities, they were walled for a reason because they had a lot of attacks during those days. And there was just one gate that led in and out of the city, an iron gate. And here comes Jesus, and he probably a hundred people, hundreds of people with him, because it says in the scripture there was much people with him, and he's at the front, and there's a bunch of people behind him, and I, it's a joyous occasion. There's not sadness in his group. I mean, can you imagine the sight? Here's a bunch of people that probably healed of blindness and deafness and uh, who knows, maybe the lady that they said her name was Veronica that was healed with the issue of blood. I don't know who all was there. There was a lot of people there, and they were coming in this town with Jesus, and he was on a mission. They're following him, and I, I just can only imagine this was a happy occasion for this crowd. I'm sure there was singing and shouting going on. And here coming to the gates of name was victory and light. Now, as this joyous crowd is approaching this gate, a different crowd was coming out of the gate. Something, there's a battle about to happen at this gate in Nain. It was a large crowd, too. It says there was much people in this other crowd coming out. But it was a different type of crowd. It was a, it was a funeral possession heading out. A son had died. And this poor lady, if you, if you read the scripture, you see she had lost her only son. And read a little bit more detail in there. Not only did she lose her son, it says she was a widow also. And the scripture brings that out to show how much pain that was going on in this lady's life. This crowd was the exact opposite of what was coming in. You have light coming in and you have darkness going out. And this crowd going out, there was death in the air. There was sadness. It was, it was like darkness was hovering over this group of people. And I can't help but think, now the scripture doesn't say this, but I believe this. As Jesus was heading this procession coming in of light, I think Satan was heading this procession of darkness going out. I think he was laughing his head off. He, that Satan loves pain and misery in people's lives. And there's no doubt there were satanic forces behind this that would very much enjoy a situation like this where there's a whole group of people, and especially Jesus Christ, coming in and, and to just kind of have a, a, a laugh at the expense of death in somebody's family. But what's about to happen here, there's a war about to happen there's a war between light and dark that is about to happen at these city gates. Now, you would think people were going into city gates, if they seen a funeral procession, they would 
probably get out of the way just as common courtesy, kind of like we do here in the South. If we see a funeral procession that will pull over to the side, just respect for the, the family to let them get, be about their business and just to say, you know, we, we understand you're in pain today. But this is not what happened. This crowd didn't stop and get out of the way. Jesus didn't. If you notice, Jesus did not do funerals real well. Amen? (laughs) When Jesus showed up at a funeral, he ruined it. Because what was going to happen at a funeral, somebody was going to be brought back to death, or back to life from death. Now, I I could only imagine the the pain this widow had, and what must have been running through her mind. Not only she lost a son, but these people are not getting out of her way. And I, I think a lot of things were going through her mind at that particular time. And the crowds clash here at the gate. Now, I want you to notice, Jesus had compassion for the hurting. He looked at her, and he knew the pain down in her heart, and he told her not to cry. You know, the Bible, it has messages of punishment. It has messages in there of what's going to happen to those that won't repent. Uh, At the end of times that we're rapidly approaching and we're almost here, it talks about all God's wrath that's going to be poured up on the earth. And there's no doubt about that. But the very core message of the Bible is not punishment. The very core message of the Bible is love and joy and peace. And those that are hurting, that's the message. And that's the message for this lady. This poor widow was overcome by darkness and death. But Jesus was coming with life to her. You know, this world we live in is overcome by death. Think of the movies and games that we have right now. At the beginning of this month, I brought this out in the teaching this past week when we were studying. You know, Easter, if we even say anything about it anymore, and Christmas has turned into just happy holidays in fact, that this past holiday we had Columbus Day, even in our own local community, they don't even call it Columbus Day anymore. They call it a fall uh, break day or whatever it was. That they don't even want to call it Columbus Day and recognize the, how our country was founded. But now Halloween come along. They start October the 1st. 31 days. Watch your TV. You know what I'm talking about. 31 days of horror movies on a lot of... TV stations that are on cable and regular television. And that tells me a lot about our society. We love death. We love pain, and it brings big money to Hollywood. And that this world, that, that is really all the world, the world system is all about death and pain. You know, and it's not, uh, it's not exempt from Christian homes. I've had this talk with um, several uh, Christian women that are raising kids, and they asked me my opinion, and I told them. One particular situation was an eight-year-old playing video games. And I know the games they're playing, and it, here's the crux to the game. You load a, a, an automatic weapon, and you shoot somebody and kill them. And I'm not saying that, you know... It, <laughs> That might be an entertainment for somebody older that can maybe wrap their mind around reality and know right from wrong. But I said also that an eight-year-old child has no business playing anything like that. They're being taught death 
from the very get-go in their life, before they're even much able to make any kind of rational decisions in their life, they're being taught death. It's being brought to us in music and all types of entertainment, movies, any movie you go see. Within five minutes, within five minutes, you're probably going to see some people shot to death. Some of the biggest hypocrites are in Hollywood. They'll tell us we don't need guns. They'll tell us that the conservative right are violent. They'll, the school shootings, and it goes on and on and on. And, but yet, within their movies, it's not unusual to see 50 or 60 killings in a movie. And our generation is not exempt either. We think of all the good old days of Bonanza and Gunsmoke. You know, in Gunsmoke, they'd shoot 10, 15 people halfway through it, and then they, they would go to a house of ill repute drinking whiskey. It started long ago, but it's got even worse in our day, and death continues in our society. John 3 and 19 said, Men love dark more than they love light. This problem has always been in society. So Jesus, it, it, that, that was the... Jesus had a plan, but it wasn't stepping aside to this darkness coming out of this gate. And Jesus, he was bringing life. That was his game plan. My friends, there's a lesson to be learned for us today here. We cannot step aside any longer in life. If we're to maintain our homes, if we're to maintain this church, if we're to maintain what is left of our country, we're going to have to stop stepping aside. We're going to have to confront this darkness with light. And his name is Jesus Christ. We're going to have to be bold enough to stand up in these last days and say, you know what? This is right. And what you're doing is wrong. You know I'm fixing to say it. The first one I could think of, I think this is a sin that reeks up to the heavens and it better get under control in the United States is abortion. Something needs to be done about it. Do you know this uh, religious exemption that they're doing with shots. In fact, I, I have some. If y'all need them, I can help you if, you if you get faced with that situation. I'm doing some for some people I know today. I got to finish filling the paperwork out tonight. It, it, I, I didn't know. I, it, you think it's kind of a conspiracy theory, but they are using baby parts in these vaccines. Now, I, you know, I, if you've got the vaccine, uh, look, I am not knocking you. I'm going to tell you about if you've made that decision, nobody here is going to look down on you. I don't want no division over shots, whether you got one or whether you have it. That's your business. That's your call. And nobody will look down on you for it if you have or haven't. If you wear a mask, it's okay. If you don't wear a mask, that's okay. I'm going to leave that between you and God. The only thing I've said here is if you get sick, please stay at home till you get better. If you got a fever, stay at home till you get better. That's the only thing I'm sure of in the church. But I do know this. They are using baby parts inside of these vaccines, especially in the development and manufacturing of them. And that's how they're getting by with these religious exemptions. They're saying, you know what, I don't believe in abortion. I don't think you should be using body parts for that. And they've had to accept it because they know the truth. Folks, there's going to have to come a day that we're going to have to stand up and say, you know what, the things you're doing is wrong. Thank you for listening to Power of the Cross Radio. If you are enjoying the sermon you are hearing, we need your help. We do not sell any advertising on this station. You will not hear any third-party ads. 
This radio ministry operates by donations only. So, we need your prayers and financial gifts to keep bringing Christ and Him crucified to the world. Let God use you to keep Power of the Cross Radio going around the globe. Go right now to www.cross.radio and click on how you can help. There you can donate by secure means. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you. Now, back to the message. And this is one of many circumstances. Look, they're having cancer treatments come from the same way. I don't know what all the answer is in the medical field, but I do know this. We're going to have to get abortion up under control, and it's not going to be done by patting people on the back and saying it's okay. It's not going to get done by saying, well, just come right on through with your darkness, and we'll accept it. We can't keep giving people like Disney money from out of our pockets and saying it's okay. My wife, we, we had accidentally left, and she knows how I feel about Disney. My two grandchildren were visiting me last weekend, and we got up for breakfast on um, Saturday or Sunday morning, whatever day it was, and we're, she had it on there. And not even five minutes into watching cartoons, when a kid's show now, when they took a break, there were two lesbian women there kissing. And they were telling kids about the greatness of, um, of, of same-sex marriages. Glenn was telling me this week of a major company that you give money to every week. I guarantee just about every one of you pay a bill to them every week. I'm not going to say their name this morning, but they sent out an email wanting their employees to embrace homosexuality in the pride movement. It's at our doorstep everywhere. And when, when is the time going to come that we're going to say, you know what, we're not taking this anymore. And we're going to have to start let Jesus Christ take care of the problems. Glenn said it quite well in Sunday school. Many Christians are not praying. When we're getting up to the gate and darkness is starting to come out, we're just stepping aside and letting them go right on through. Friends, all churches together, Baptist, Episcopalian, uh, Methodist, uh, Pentecostal, Holiness, Church of God, JSN, we're going to all have to come together with a common cause of praying against these dark forces. We may have differences, okay? And I, I know that there's a lot of false doctrine out there. We're going to have to let God work a lot of that out by telling the truth. But we're, if we come up under that bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ and we have this in common, that we're all saved by faith, by what Christ accomplished at Calvary, we're going to have to start confronting this darkness in these last days. Men are trying to fight these things with their own strength. They're trying to say, well, we can handle it. And uh, you know, I don't want this to make anybody mad because I love the last president. I like the last president we had. I, there was some flaws there, but more than, I mean, there was a lot of things that I liked that he was standing for. And I, I hope that somebody like that could get back in office. I don't know who that person will be. Maybe him again or it may be somebody else. I just hope that we would have somebody good get in office. But friends... We can't depend upon human strength to take care of the problems we got. We can't. You know, we got we to gotta vote. Go exercise your right to vote. If you didn't last time, shame on you. You should have voted. You have no right to complain if you didn't vote. But more than anything, we are going to have to pray. Jesus needs to be at the front of the crowd. Hallelujah. Waging that war that we're fighting. 
Why? Because you cannot defeat Satan on your own. Now, I say this a little bit when I'm preaching. I hope it ain't taken the wrong way like I'm trying to glorify Satan. But we have to remember he carries power in this world. This whole world system belongs to him. Not the physical earth. I'm talking about the world system. What you're going to go out in that door when you leave out today and you go to Walmart and you're spending your money and us working and doing the things we got to do, we're going in all of his places. That belongs to Satan. Jesus said it. He said he's Lord of this world. So if I know he's Lord of this world and this is something I can't battle on my own, I have to have something greater than him. And that something is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That something is Jesus Christ. He's the one that can meet the darkness at the gate and bring life and light into it. You need supernatural answers against supernatural forces. I lean towards the side of being more spiritual about all things in my life. I think things are more supernatural and, and spiritual than we recognize. There's things that work around us we can't see, we don't know, but Jesus Christ knows. And when you lay them into prayer, when you lay them before his throne and you bring them to Jesus Christ, he's the one that can bring the answer. I think we're being fooled by the devil and thinking, well, Brother Wilson, you shouldn't pray for such things like, you know, national level. Your prayer is not going to change nothing. Yes, it will. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Our prayers change things. What we're doing is we're letting the enemy whisper in our ear and say, step aside and let me bring the darkness on in. It's okay. You're not going to change anything. Just, oh, you sitting down here at the lighthouse, what is that going to do? I'll tell you what it'll do. When I got Jesus Christ on my side and he's standing at the front, get ready. He's bringing light into darkness. Start praying for great things in this nation and know that your prayers amount to something. Your prayers will change things. Hallelujah. I don't care what it looks like right now. We may be in the fourth quarter down 48 to zero. It may look that way. It look, old Ricky Mabry, you sang a song about the, it looked like that ship was sitting low in the water. But I believe that old ship of Zion's ready to sail again. Amen? It's going to take you. It's going to take you praying and coming against these forces of darkness. I love this part here. Here these crowds kind of clash together at the city gates. And Jesus reaches up and touches the buyer. What is a buyer? Just think of it as a stretcher. They got this dead body on us. And notice, the men stood still. Catch that scripture? See, don't walk over them words. Catch each little word. It says Jesus walked up and touched the buyer. Oh, I know them Pharisees and hypocrites were waiting on him to touch that dead body. So they could say, look what he done. Look at that, Randy. He done broke the law. He just reaches up and touches the buyer. And then the power of God hit that stretcher. And then mid stood still. Jesus confronts darkness on the stretcher by his power. And that stretcher was a symbol of defeat, depression, and everything dead in our lives. That's what it was a symbol of. But one touch, one touch from the master's strong hand. Come on now. One touch from the master's strong hand brought victory to that death that was on that stretcher that day. And so many of us, I think, are carrying around our own stretchers of defeat and death in our life. We're walking around with death. 
We let all our defeats dictate our life. We let all of our problems dictate our life. And we, we've got them on a stretcher just toting them around. But Jesus touched that stretcher that day and said, Young man, arise. Young man, arise. And that young man set up and the light come into the darkness. There was victory there. And he let that, that light shine on that stretcher. And you know, and that stuff you're toting around. You need to let Jesus touch that fire. You need to let him touch that stretcher. And let the light come in on to where death was and bring life back into it. There's a stretcher of alcoholism. There's a stretcher of drug addiction. There's a stretcher of nicotine addiction. All these things that are wrong in your life. And you're just toting them around and saying, God, how do I get rid of it? People that love God. People that are on their way to heaven. They're toting their stretchers around of sexual immorality. They don't know what to do. And the answer is just so simple. Let Jesus touch that fire. Let him bring life back into where there was death. Hallelujah. You know, this is one of three times Jesus raised somebody from the dead is what Scripture says. Now, I don't believe it was just three times that he raised somebody from the dead, but that's how many times in Scripture that we see Jesus brought somebody back to life. One of them was here, the young man. One of them was Jairus' daughter. And one was Lazarus. Now, John, the beloved, said that if we wrote down all the miracles that Jesus performed, I suppose... That there's not enough books that the world could not contain all the books that it would take to write down and record all the miracles that Jesus performed. Do you remember that? Now we have three cases that were shown. Why is it just three? Because they're great examples and learning lessons for us. He told the young man, he called him by name. He said, Young man, rise. Jairus' daughter, he said, Little girl, rise up out of that bed. Lazarus, he called him by name. He said, Lazarus, come forth. But there's going to come a time not too far in the distance that I believe that he's going to just say rise. He's not going to call names. He's going to say rise, and it's going to be so powerful. What's going to happen? Uh, this is what's going to happen. He's going to cry out with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and he's going to raise the dead those that are in the grave, back to life to meet him in the air. And he's going to say, come forth. Rise, child of God. I'm telling you, these last days are here, my friends. I don't know how simpler it could be to put it to you this morning. Just leave it there. We need to rise in these last days. And let the light come in, in those dark areas of our life. And I don't, you know, I guess there are a lot of preachers have said this throughout the years. And they said, well, I'm not going to see death. I, I think I'm going to see the rapture. And I feel that way too. I don't know. You don't know. But I do know this. If you do happen to go by the grave, I think it's going to be in the blink of an eye like that. You're going to wake up with Christ. And you're going to hear those words rise. And the time you left, have left here on this earth... You need to make every step count. I got, a, I got a feeling in my spirit, myself and everybody, we're not making every step count. We've let all this fear and depression and things around us get us so caught up in the moment. And instead of, 
And instead of going and opposing the forces of darkness, we're just in a reaction mode. We're reacting to everything that comes our way. But there is great power. There is great power to be seen by letting Jesus confront this darkness. I want you to notice this. I'm going to close this morning. We're going to close a little early. Notice when this man raised from the dead off the stretcher. Notice what happened in Scripture. It says, great fear came upon all of them. These people were worried to death or they were just depressed and darkness is over the crowd and it just was a bad day for those coming out of the gate. No doubt she was well known, this lady and this son. It said much people. It, hundreds of people were following Christ. There were hundreds of people following this lady. But it says this great fear came on them all. But it wasn't a fear like that God's going to do something bad to me. They recognized the power of God. And watch, watch what started happening. And they praised God. They began to praise God for the things he had done. When they seen the miracle, they began to praise him. What, is that, what has that got to do with us, Brother Wilson? My friends, when we start having these miracles happen in our life, when we start seeing these things happening around us and God doing things in supernatural, the realm and moving time and place and instances, and people see that, there's going to be a fear come up on this nation, a godly fear. And I believe we're going to see a great harvest. I'll close with this. Give you a great testimony I heard from Gary Wilkerson, David Wilkerson's son, who I give uh, some of the little credit for this sermon here. It's, I've heard it put like this before. I've, uh, I get my milk from a lot of cows, but I churn my own butter. <laughs> And Gary Wilkerson, I like reading behind him. He's inspiration to a lot of things that I preach. He just puts a lot of food for thought and things he writes. But he gave his testimony, and he was talking about us fighting against darkness. He said he was in, I think it was Boston, and he went to a hotel, and that night he, he went down to a small little restaurant, and, and, and as soon as the waitress come to his table, he began to sense that he needed to say something to her, but he was a little frightful on the inside. He didn't know what to say. He didn't really have the guidance from the Holy Spirit, but he was, he was feeling God was wanting him to say something. He ordered his pizza and still nothing. And he, she come back and he ordered dessert and, and still nothing. He said, well, I'll take another Diet Coke. And it had been an hour passed. And, and he finally said, Lord, you've got to give me what I need to say because I can't eat anymore. I'm full. <laughs> and it, the Lord spoke to him and said these words here that, that she, she walked up to him and he said, Lady, now I, I don't want you to get mad at me, but I'm going to give you some words here that I feel the Lord dropped on my heart. And loneliness and hurt. And he said when she did, he said that to her, she began to weep and cry. And then he noticed when she was crying, she had a bruise down her neck. And she said, just a few days ago, my husband now, he'd hit me in the neck and thrown me to the floor and I left him and I'm staying in a cheap hotel until I can find somewhere else to stay. And he explained to her about the love of God. She walked off and the Lord spoke to Gary again. And when she come back again to the table to get uh, his check, he said these words to her. He said, the Lord told me this is not the first time this has happened to you. 
something happened to you many years ago. And she began breaking down, crying again. Said, this is not my first marriage. I've been married before. And some 20 years ago, the first husband I had, he beat me unconscious and caused much pain in my life. It seems like I can't turn a corner much in life without something happening to me. And I'm asking, what have I done wrong? And they shared more conversation. He gave the debit card. She went and paid it and come back. And as he was writing out the final, giving the tip, he said this to her. The Lord also said you were hurt when you were six years old. And he said she flew out in anger and left the room. And almost immediately she come back. She was in more, even deeper tears. And she said, I never told anybody what happened to me when I was six years old. I was sexually molested when I was six years old. And I'd heard from a little girl that I'd heard priests talk about something about Jesus, that how he could help me. And you know, before today, I was praying, and I really didn't know how to pray much, but I was praying, Jesus, if this thing is real, would you send somebody my way with the word? And he sent Gary Wilkerson. He said when she said that, he stood up in the middle of the restaurant, grabbed her hands, and she accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior. He come down the next morning for breakfast. He said it was like a totally different person. A new look over her face. And she come up to him and said, I feel so clean. I feel like all those years are behind me now. Friends, you know what that is? That's when light comes into darkness. That's the supernatural things that I'm talking about that we need to be doing as Christians. It doesn't take a great pulpit ministry just to listen to the Holy Spirit and know what to say to people at certain times. We're going to have to engage warfare on a one-on-one -on -one level. It may be Brother Fred handing out a, a track to these people out in parking lots. He knows what I'm talking about. It may be Brother Randy talking to somebody of a true value and just sharing a little word of God. It may be Brother Sullivan up in Tennessee sharing a word with God in one of the most unexpected places you don't ever know. Brother Anthony, you're going to have so many opportunities come your way, people you knew in your past, and you're going to be able to share a word. Sister Sherry, Sister Ida, Brother Hartley, you're not left out. There's going to be people. That are going to come in your path. And you have to be watching though. And you have to know that we're going to clash at the gate with darkness sometimes. And that's when the light needs to come in and speak to your heart. And help those people out of that darkness. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. This brings us to the end of this message. And we hope it has been a blessing to you. Be sure to come back often for more great sermons. And commercial free Christian music streamed 24 hours a day. If you need someone to pray with you, we have a prayer wall at Power of the Cross Radio website. You can leave your request there and also help others pray for their needs. We also offer live prayer periodically throughout the day as intercessors are available. Just click on the talk icon at the bottom right of any page. If someone is available, you can chat live or leave your message if no one is available. Thank you for joining us today and may God bless you. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries.